All right, Merry Christmas to everybody here, just from uh, my family and I. We would really love to know that each of you just encounters the God who is with us, Emmanuel, in a very special way today, and and not just during this service time, but also as you go and uh, you do whatever else you're doing today, that uh, God goes with you and that you know that God goes with you. So I want to tell you about a particular brand of clothes that my wife and I enjoy. And I promise you this isn't like product placements, and I'm not dropping any hints or anything like that this morning. And just kind of keep it safe. I'm not even going to mention the brand. But my family and I, we really enjoy going to these small towns which may or may not be close to some of the better fly fishing places in our country. Uh, Places like Clarence and Dalsham and the Midlands. And about 10 odd years ago, we were introduced to a brand that at that stage only had outlets in these particular places. And so we started to really enjoy them for a number of reasons. The one was because it was always connected to some of these great family memories. They also had this kind of outdoorsy vibe, but the clothes for the ladies were really feminine and pretty, and there's some really smart clothes for the gents as well. Uh, They were also really well-priced, which we needed as well. Just so happens I'm wearing one of the shirts today. I didn't choose it for the sermon. I actually chose it because it's the closest thing I have to red. But uh, over the years, you know, a shirt here, a pair of pants here, over the years, Bianca and I started to realize that a large portion of our closet was from this particular brand. And so our friends started noticing, and then we started trying to convince our friends to buy these clothes, um, our kids wear these clothes. And so in a very real way, we became these living, breathing ambassadors of this particular clothing brand. And so you say, Stephen, what does that have to do with Christmas this morning? Well, I'm glad you asked, and that all will become clear in a second. The theme for this year's Christmas season has been for our church, light in the darkness, light in the darkness, and that has come through our worship songs, that has come through our decor, that has come through the sermons leading up to this, And one of the major places that we as a church have been hanging out when it comes to God's Word is the way the Gospel of John tells the Christmas story. Now maybe you've read the Gospel of John and you've thought to yourself, John doesn't tell the Christmas story, but I'm telling you he does. He just tells it in a way that maybe you're not familiar with. Matthew and Luke tell the traditional story when it comes to the donkeys and the wise men and so on and so forth. And if you've been in church any number of years, you've heard sermons about Christmas from the angle of Joseph or Christmas from the angle of Mary or the sheep or the donkey or whatever the case might be. John tells a story differently, but it is most certainly the very same Christmas story. And so I'm going to read the verses in the way that John says it. John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. He says this, In him, talking about Jesus, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. That is, Jesus coming into our dark world, bringing his light and life, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
Now we've been here for a few weeks as a church, and so maybe to bring us all onto the same page, each week we've tried to use a bit of a visual metaphor to focus our hearts and focus our attention on what really matters this Christmas. And so two weeks ago, we had a candle lit here on that stage. And the candle was this idea of we need to look to the lights. I don't know if you've ever just sat and watched a candle burning. It is mesmerizing. And this is the picture of Jesus coming on that Christmas day into this dark world. And though this world is so dark, no darkness can put out that candle. That was week one. Week two, we used the visual image of a torch. And the reason is Jesus didn't only come to be seen He came to help us see. And so he wants us to navigate this dark world well and wisely with the light that he provides like a torch. You don't look at a torch, but you look with the torch. And so that is last week. And now this week we are using the kind of visual idea of a mirror, and that is going to become clear as to why in a second. Immediately after the verses that I've just read, we kind of skipped over these last few weeks and jumped to the verses that follow, but there is a very particular story that is told immediately after these verses. The same story is told, by the way, in Matthew and Luke. John just comes straight in and he tells us a story about John the Baptist in a couple of short verses. It says this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness or an ambassador to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And this is why we have chosen the mirror today. John was not the light, but he reflected the light as a witness or an ambassador. He himself saw the light. He received the light. The light had transformed him. He was living by the light. He saw the whole world by the light. And for that reason, wherever he went, he was reflecting like this mirror and like Bianca and I are these ambassadors of this clothing. John was an ambassador a mirror reflecting the light of Jesus that came at Christmas time. And so I don't want us to fall into the trap that Christmas is all about what happens. I don't know when you start setting up your Christmas decorations, not as early as checkers and pick and pay, I'm sure, but uh, I don't want you to think Christmas is, you know, delegated to December or maybe a few days before Christmas Day, and here we are doing the Christmas thing, and we've got the trees, we've got the lights, and we're going to be eating some food, and that's Christmas Day. We need to realize that this event that happened, this light that came into the darkness, truly impacts our lives in such a big way that has to extend past Christmas. Please don't switch off the Christmas story when you switch off your lights at home. 
Please don't think about looking at the light and that's only for Christmas time, living by the light. You know, Stephen, that's a great idea. And you know what? Even as I've been in church the last few weeks, the light started coming on in my heart. Things have started to make sense. The darkness hasn't appeared as dark these few weeks. Christmas Day comes and goes and we go back to living our lives on our own. If we are to truly be the mirrors of God's light in this world, it cannot simply be a Christmas season thing. It has to be a life thing, just like John the Baptist. And so I'm going to try and just keep today's sermon a little bit shorter today. And I know you like Stephen, we've heard that one before, but I really am. And so we only have two points to talk about this morning. And the first one is this, if we are going to be this ambassador or a mirror for the light we are receiving in Jesus Christ, you'll know this from science class. Firstly, we have to receive the light. The mirror in the darkness is absolutely useless. The mirror has no light on its own. In order to beautifully reflect the light that is coming into it, it has to first receive the light. Maybe some of you have experienced trying to shave or put on makeup while it's been dark during load shedding, right? Uh, a number of years ago, before I was in the ministry and I was um, a geologist in Botswana, they had load shedding before us, by the way. <laughs> and so it's the early 2000s. And just being out there in the bush, I kind of let my hair, I know it's hard to imagine, I let my hair and my face grow for about two weeks. And then the night came that I'm going to shave all of this off. Now, some of you know if you let it go a little bit and you start shaving, it's a little bit painful, it's a little bit difficult, and so you've got to persevere. And I got about halfway through and the lights went off and I had no option but to try and finish the job in the dark. And so I persevered and I'm kind of trying to see what light I can, using my hands, getting around. We were actually going out that night and so I really needed to do a good job. And I really thought that I did a great job as we're sitting at the restaurant that night, I just kept on seeing people kind of looking at me. And it turns out I had like the map of Africa on the back of my head here. And so that's what happens when we don't receive the lights. And so we need to learn to receive the light. Now, sticking with this load shedding theme. You know, when load shedding comes on, what do we do when it comes to the light? We conserve the light. We have as little light on as possible. We want to protect our batteries. We want to protect our laptops and our cell phones. And so we have this entire dark house with only a few rooms in the house that has the absolute minimum light in our homes. And sometimes I believe we do the same thing when it comes to the Jesus light that comes towards us. If we picture our own lives like that house, the light is coming in, but we try and kind of conserve how much light is coming in. And so here you are. I know I'm preaching to the choir here this Christmas day, but you're, you're, your Christmas room, you're like, oh, we'll let some Jesus light in there. And, and the room that's kind of like me trying to be a good person, well, Jesus was a good person, and I think he kind of helps me be a good person. And so we'll let some of the Jesus light in there. And the blessings room, oh, we got all the lights on there because we want all the blessings of Jesus to come in there. But then we've got maybe the work room. 
And the doors close. We, we don't want the light of Jesus in there. What does Jesus have to do with my work in the, in the finance room? No, I don't want Jesus' light shining in the finance room. And then some of us have, you know, the, the, the room right at the back of the house behind a number of closed doors. That's the room of my thought life. And hey, who knows what's going on there? We definitely don't want the light in there. Maybe some of our relationships, we've got that door closed. We don't want the light of Jesus in that room. And if we consider that Jesus is this light that comes into the darkness, for some of us, those rooms are just too painful to open. It's, not, it's less about our shame and, and maybe our sin, but it's more about our pain. We're like, I don't want to open that door. I'm afraid what happens, what am I going to see when the light goes in that room? And so we keep all of those doors closed and we don't fully allow the light of Jesus into our lives. And this is at this point that I would remind you that image of a candle. The darkness has not overcome the light. The light, as we've been saying it here, always wins. And so this Christmas day, please, I don't want you to go on. Nice sermon, Steve. No, the real challenge is, are you going to have the courage? And are you going to have the boldness and the conviction on the understanding that light wins to open up some of those doors, to allow the light that came into darkness into your darkness. And not only the convenient rooms and the, the kind of rooms that have an appearance of you got it all together, but what about the other places? And I really hope that God is kind of knocking on some of those doors right now. And I don't need to tell you the names of some of those doors and some of those rooms. But He wants to bring the light in, not to expose you, not to shame you, but to bring His light of freedom into those dark places. John 3.19 says, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light. I know sometimes for us, the darkness is more comfortable because then I don't have to deal with what's behind those dark doors. And so that's the first challenge. If we are to be these ambassadors, to be these mirrors, we have to receive the light. But secondly, and again, you'll know this from science class, if we are going to receive the light, we have to be prepared to reflect the light. Now, the better quality mirrors are going to be increasingly efficient, meaning they are able to reflect more and more and more of the light that they receive. And so a really good, clear mirror is able to reflect 100% of the light that it receives. Now, I don't know if you can see what's going on here, but what if your mirror looks like this? And so the light's coming in. We're at church, we're doing the Christian thing, but we really haven't transitioned to this moment where we realized that it's not just about receiving the light, but there is something going on here whereby we have to make the choice to live our lives in such a way that we reflect the light to the world around us, where our life becomes the message of the light. You see, Jesus is the light of the world, and because we receive the light from Him, we become the light of the world, not that we replace Jesus, we're just mirrors. 
In fact, Jesus even said it. He said, you, in Matthew 5, you are the lights of the world. And that's a massive challenge to us this morning. Going back to John the Baptist, we've spoken just briefly as to why he was such an effective mirror of the light. He had fully received the light. He had seen the light. He had been transformed by the light. He had invited the light into all aspects of his life. And for that reason, he became this mirror. He wasn't the light, but he was this witness, this ambassador, this mirror of the light. But there was something else motivating him. And we see it in these verses here where it says, so that through him all might believe. You see, I think some of us are, and I know that I'm so often guilty of this, that my religion is this kind of this, this private thing, which is strange because I'm standing in a public place speaking to you. But you know, it's a safe place, and you know me as Pastor Steve, and so I can fulfill the role of Pastor Steve here on a Sunday or whenever I bump into you at the mall. All right, but at some point, we need to transition to the place where we're not only thinking about me and Jesus, me and Jesus, me and Jesus is cool, but actually the way I choose to respond to the light is going to have eternal significance, not only for me, but for the people around me. Others are going to see Jesus with greater or lesser clarity. I hate to make you kind of just think so hard and seriously about this, but by the way you live your life. Now, please don't hear, I'm not saying we need to live perfect lives. Because even in our imperfections, when we do fail and when we do fall, there is a way to do that that does reflect the light of Jesus. But this is an eternal thing. This is about our kids. This is about our husbands and our wives and the people in our workplaces and our neighbors. And sometimes you are the only lights that people are going to see. And with tears in my eyes, I just want to appeal to you and say, are you going to take that seriously? It's not just about you and Jesus. Are others going to see Jesus? By the way, you reflect the light to the world. Now, the truth is, almost every single Christian sermon is a bit of a how to do that. Just being a follower of Jesus Christ. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus Christ? What does it look like to hear his words? What does it look like to live a life of obedience? What does it look like to love God and love others? And if you came here on any Sunday, you're going to hear some form of how to reflect the lights. And so knowing that we've got 51 weeks of the year where we unpack this idea, I just want to leave one major thought with you today with regards to how we live our lives in light of the light we have received. And I want to come back to this theme that we have emphasized time and time again over the last few weeks, including today. And that is this idea that light wins. The darkness has not overcome the light. So here's the big question. How would you live your life if you knew that light wins? I mean, if you really knew, 
you really knew that light wins. I confessed to you guys a number of weeks ago that um, I've recently reread the Lord of the Rings. And so the Lord of the Rings is just this rich mind of metaphors and illustrations. And so I promise you that today is going to be my, my final Lord of the Rings illustration for this year. And I'm sorry if this is a bit of a, a, a reveal for you guys, but this is one of those books or one of those movies that even if you know how it ends and how it goes, man, it is still just so amazing to go and journey through that all again. But uh, most of you would know that the big adventure is that Frodo Baggins, the Hobbit, has to get the one ring from the Shire to Mount Doom in Mordor because they know if they can destroy the one ring, the powers of darkness will be defeated as that one ring is destroyed. And so as these books kind of go, there's all these storylines and all these plots, but the main one is a story of Sam and Frodo heading towards Mount Doom. And the time comes, in fact, I was actually quite surprised the last time I was reading, how early, it's a trilogy for those of you who don't know, so how early in book three, the time came when the ring got to Mount Doom. And without telling you how it all happened, it got into the mountain and Sauron was defeated. You see, at that moment, the powers of darkness were defeated. That was the moment of victory. But there were all these other storylines, all these other plots, all these other wars that were being fought at that time. Now, when that ring went into Mount Doom, it's not like all the enemies just fell over dead. The storyline still had to complete. Each of those plots had to find their ending. Each of those wars had to be fought. The difference was they were no longer fighting for victory. They were fighting from victory. And so they knew, it doesn't matter how bloody the wars get. It doesn't matter how much it looks like darkness may still win. They knew the light had won. In fact, there's this little story at the end where these hobbits, they go back to the Shire, their kind of home place, and, and they come face to face with the kind of second big bad dude, uh, Saruman. And whereas before, he was this big, scary, bad wizard. Here, they just kind of confront him. Why? Because they know darkness had failed and light had won. So if I think to myself, how are we going to live our lives if we truly know that light has won? What comes into my mind is that we're going to have uncommon faith. We're going to have uncommon hope. doesn't matter how much darkness is around you. Think again of the candle in a huge dark cave. The candle will always defeat the darkness. doesn't matter how much darkness you have. You're going to have uncommon perseverance. And uncommon commitment to the light because you know that light wins. And that is what I believe the whole Christmas story, what the whole Gospel of John is all about as he introduces Jesus coming into this world and the implications for how you and I live lives that reflect the light of Jesus to this world. Because when people see 
one of the words in the New Testament that describes this is that when people see we're overcomers, when people see that not only does darkness fail to overcome you, but by the way you live your life in the darkness, the powers of darkness are pushed back by the light that you're reflecting, the light of Christ through your life. And as people see that, as people witness an uncommon faith, a supernatural grace in your life, a radical commitment to love, to the way of Jesus, despite all that opposes us, we know light wins. And so as we wrap up this morning and before we conclude with the final Christmas carol, I just want to bring us back to those two major points as a moment of personal reflection, pun intended. Have you been receiving the light? I'm not simply asking, are you here at a Christmas service? I'm not simply asking if you go to church sometimes or if you say grace sometimes. I'm asking, have you truly looked at the light? Have you truly allowed him to light up your life and your world? Have you truly invited him into some of those very dark, uncomfortable spaces? On the basis that light wins. And there is no darkness in your life that Jesus cannot light up and bring life to. And thought number two. Are you like this mirror that though it receives the light, it is not reflecting the light? Have you made the transition where the light has so transformed you? You are like this energetic, natural ambassador, this reflector of the light that, that you have received, not simply to be a good Christian boy or girl, but because this is matters of eternity. And this is about others seeing the light of Jesus through the way you reflect his light with uncommon faith, uncommon perseverance, and uncommon commitment to the light. If ever there's a New Year's resolution for 2023, I think that's it. And so as you go to your Christmas day, whatever that looks like for each of you, and I know for some of you, it's going to be a joy. For some of you, it's going to be a long day. For some of you, there may be some tears. Receive the light. Let it into those places. Be transformed. And let's live as mirrors of the light that we have received. Let us pray as the band comes up. Father, we thank you that you are truly the light. When we gaze at you, just so many things make sense. The things of this world grow strangely dim. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just cement our hearts on your light. So that throughout the course of this day and the days and the weeks to follow, we see you 
with a greater appreciation of your light and your beauty and your power and the wonder of you coming into our dark world, including my dark world. Jesus, I pray that right now you are just gently knocking on some of those doors that we are keeping shut. Give us the courage and the conviction based on who you are, Jesus, as the light to invite you into those places and be changed, whatever that means. But I also pray, Holy Spirit, as we go from this day into the next year, there'll be a deeper, stubborn commitment to not live in such a way as if the darkness wins. But we choose to live lives of faith and commitment, knowing that light wins. The light has come into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.